hello everyone welcome to the podcast which hasn't started yet my name is brendan bigley um quick thing before we even get into the show is that we now have a twitter account uh where you can find updates about the show because steven and i were just basically sending them from our own accounts for a long time but we thought we should uh become a professional outlet here in the aether uh so we created a page it is at into the cast because we didn't want to make any of you spell aether that's right uh so yeah into the cast and everything will be posted there so new episodes any news uh shit posts exactly and we will probably just retweet from there so if you want to follow the show more directly other than subscribing to the show at into the cast is where to do it yep okay here comes the podcast. See you. Get, get ready. Actually, hello. <laughs> get ready. Here it is. <laughs> hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. Welcome to the podcast. Today we are talking about Marvel's Spider-Man for the PlayStation 4, a wonderful video game. I do need to mention ahead of time that I am an employee at Marvel. Uh, all of these opinions are mine. This is not an ad for Marvel Spider-Man. We are just both playing it. <laughs> yeah, an ad three weeks after release <laughs> from us. Also unrelated, but upcoming DLC packages are now available on the PSN store, and you can go buy them and pre-order them now. Anyway, I just finished the game last night, the, the main storyline. Oh, wow. I, I just sat down and powered through the end because I just really wanted to see the end before it got spoiled yeah. for me. Um, yeah. And now I'm going through and doing all of the side missions. And I just found uh, another entire kind of side mission that I didn't know existed after I beat the game. Um, oh, wow. So there's like even more that's happening. I have to collect pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> that really is like what Spider-Man is up to once he saves the city. Like, well, there's this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> If you want to do that. Yeah. Um, I want to say real quick, because in our very first episode, um, the E3 episode, I was kind of underwhelmed by the Spider-Man presentation. I, mm -hmm. I think it was less so much that specific presentation because it looked really awesome. Yeah. But like, it's a safe bet to assume that most games based on superheroes are going to be a certain quality mm -hmm. just based on history. Yeah, like, absolutely. That's like short of movies based on video games like superhero games have traditionally been like you know just not much love has been put into them ironically yeah uh, they, they kind of come out because it's like a known property and like you get the aquaman game for gamecube or you know <laughs> superman, superman for n64 yeah so i didn't think i didn't think that this game was going to be that quality but i was kind of like eh, I'll, maybe i'll pick it up and obviously it came out and everyone loves it and i got it and for the first time in a while, playing a video game, I found I was like hours in, just whizzed by, and I realized I was smiling the whole time. I was like, why does my face hurt? And I was like, I've been smiling for like three hours straight. People, I have a pretty open living room. There's yeah. like an open window with like uh, transparent curtains. People must have thought I was insane. Just a static smile, like out of a, like out of like a shining out of the shining uh-huh 
I love this game so much. I, I literally got it yesterday and I'm 37% in oh like, my according, to my, <laughs> according to my save file. Yeah. Um, unless you want to dive in later, we'll probably avoid plot spoilers unless you wanted to talk about the plot. Um, I think there's some loose stuff that's worth mentioning that's just about the characterization of, of some of the yeah. main players that I think is worth touching on but nothing that i would consider a spoiler really you know we, we were not gonna spoil any events but we'll touch on like content if that makes sense yeah, yeah so exactly. i guess like asterisk mild spoiler <laughs> that would be the right the if you want to go in completely blind yeah. maybe yeah. skip to the next segment but for now we're gonna talk about spider-man knowing you and i will probably dive more into sort of the characterization and like the the heart of the game for longer so i just want to really quickly brush on the mechanics yeah yeah please um, the swinging is incredible uh, obviously yeah that's like, like the that's, one thing everyone wants to know but it really is and what's what's cool about it is that it takes a while to get good at it um yep. like you'll unlock different abilities later on that lets you do like tony hawk tricks in the air and stuff mm-hmm. but um uh, which is incredible i didn't know i wanted that until i got it which is like how a lot of the upgrades feel I'm like i didn't even know that was an option yeah. in my life and now it is but now this that i incredible. have it it's all i'm doing yeah yeah so swinging around is great. Uh, the combat is really fun. And this is a game where you could easily feel overwhelmed by the amount of options. And I almost did in the beginning. But then you realize that there's really only three or four archetypes of enemies. And they teach you early on how to deal with all of them. So yeah. suddenly you find yourself feeling really enabled to like, how am I going to pull off this cool combo and I'm limited to the moves that have to work against these enemies. It sounds like it's limiting, but it really is just like a loose structure to have you like improvise these incredibly cinematic battles. Yeah. The other thing I want to say in terms of the open world, this is probably the first open world game since Breath of the Wild that feels inspired by that structure. Oh, really? In what way? Well, I just feel like <clears throat> I'm thinking back to when like GTA 3 came out and then every sandbox game after that was like, using that as like a blueprint essentially they would build on top of that kind of sandbox structure Mm. breath of the wild to me handles an open world game i didn't want to say sandbox because i think that sandbox implies you can just do whatever yeah open worlds like in breath of the wild it's this huge world you can explore in any way you want to but it feels very attainable and everything feels like even if you can't do something yet you know how to eventually do it and and if you focus on one objective, you'd be surprised at how quickly you can obtain it. That's mm. how I felt playing Breath of the Wild, and that's how I feel very much playing Spider-Man. Yeah. Where I it's a very fine balance of having the world feel big and exciting and like I have only seen the tip of the iceberg without feeling overwhelming and exhausting. Right. They've psychologically proven that having like on a menu, for example, having no options is equivalent to having too many. So mm. that's why, like, often, I mean, for many reasons, at like weddings or big formal events, you'll have like three items to choose from. Yeah. That's also like for logistical purposes, but it's also like, you know, no one's complaining, like, what do you mean I have three things? Mm-hmm. You know, if they're all very good <laughs> and unique, you'll be happy with that. Yeah. And that's how I feel with this game. I love it so much. And I can't wait to talk about it more. Yeah. Have you unlocked fast travel yet? I did. And I'm never going to use it ever. I have used fast travel five times. And that is only because you get a trophy for using fast travel 
five times. <laughs> and I literally just went down into the subway and did it over and over and over again until I got that trophy. The moments where they're like, you have a mission to do, and it is literally at the top of Manhattan and you're at the bottom, I'm like stoked about because that means yeah. i just get to swing do weird tricks in the air run on some walls. stuff along the way exactly yeah. fight some stuff like it is the best it's the best do you want to talk about some of the side stuff because i know you dipped very heavily into one of them the same way i did i did yeah so um like you said as you play the main story you unlock different i guess side missions that are often rooted in like um they range from just finding collectibles to actually doing like mini games like i should really love the research station oh uh, yeah side quests um where you do like bioshock hacking mini games mm-hmm. or like uh like mini iq tests they're really fun yeah um i did feel bad making spider-man swing through smog though and he was like oh my lungs <laughs> yeah. like, this is this really took a left turn yeah um the one i fell hardest into in in my first sitting with the game where i just played a gross amount um, was collecting all the backpacks. So yeah. Spider-Man at, in the game is like, I guess he's in his, he's like our age, he's in his 20s. Like he's not in high school. Yeah, he seems to be like late 20s, I would say. He's been doing this for eight years. So exactly. He's eight years in Spider-Man. Yeah. When he was in high school, he basically put all these like time capsules and backpacks and scattered them around the city. So each backpack you find has an item from the past and it has kind of like uh, in lieu of Skyrim or Uncharted, kind of this high-res object that you can look at in full detail. So one's like a thesis paper he wrote, and there's like the coffee ring on it, you know? And one's like, (laughs) my favorite was his gym shirt from high school, and he's like, oh, again, he's making (laughs) Spider-Man smell bad things. Yeah. Uh, It's a really nice touch, a a lot of fan service, but it does kind of help paint the picture of where spider-man's at in his life right now because a lot of the objects are like stuff from high school or you know like the menu he had from his first date with uh mj at the restaurant they were at right and everyone when you when you tap on it it also gives you like a bit of dialogue that kind of goes a little bit deeper into it yeah which is really nice so i really loved that and then once you get all the backpacks you unlock a new suit which is the homemade human spider outfit from from uh spider-man one which second to just playing as bone saw is what i want the most <laughs> in this game yeah uh so i've been and it, when your suits are cool because as you unlock more suits each suit has its own unique suit power so like one power is you shoot webs everywhere which is honestly probably the best one i've Web blossom? some of the, yeah yeah i that's the only one i use yeah, I also use Spider Bro, which is from the Tony Stark suit, and like a robot spider helps you out and zaps everyone. Anyway, uh, what's cool about the suit system is that there's obviously a huge variety of aesthetics, but once you unlock a suit, you can switch out the suit powers regardless of what you're wearing, which I really like. Yeah. And that they understand, like, okay, you might like the power from the noir spider-man suit but you might not want to wear it which right. is kind of where i was at for a bit like i don't want to wear this this isn't at all spider-man <laughs> yeah i look like i'm hunk from resident evil 4 i don't need spider-man with this. this fucking gun yeah he has a gun on that <laughs> costume yeah some of them are some of them are really uh like irreverent which is kind of fun yeah. i mean they're all references to like 
some of them are from different like sagas of spider-man some of them are from the movies and Mm -hmm. other things really really cool there are a few that are custom made by insomniac which i love like the main one the the one with the white spider on on the front that you get that you see on the box art and is now showing up in the comics as of this week which is cool um that one was made in-house at insomniac uh there's another one called the velocity suit that was made by the same guy that made the uh iron man extremist suit which is sick uh, oh, cool. It has that same like angular vibe and like the spiders, like this blue neon thing. It's very cool. I, I love yeah, actually, the Insomniac specific ones. Me too. I really liked that. The one you just mentioned, like the one that's on the cover. Yeah. I was pretty much defaulting to that until I got the homemade Spider-Man outfit. Yeah, that does seem like the one that you would connect with the most. <laughs> it's on brand. Thank yeah. you. Um, which one are you wearing? Uh, Scarlet Spider. It's the Ben Riley Clone Saga suit. It's the one where he basically has like a hoodie with like ripped off sleeves, and he spray painted the yeah. black spider on on the front. That has always been my favorite Spider Man suit since I was in like middle school. Um, and the fact that it's one of the first ones you can unlock, I literally unlocked it, did not stop using it the whole game. <laughs> it's kind of funny because I feel like that outfit is like what the homemade Spider Man outfit is trying to look like. Yeah, but it's, like, it's like the Fisher Price version <laughs> of that. Yeah, the one downside of that suit is uh, it does not have the animated eyes. So when yeah. you're like in selfie mode and stuff, and we have to talk about photo mode later, but when you're in yeah. selfie mode, you can't change the expression. It is just the Scarlet Spider face, and that's it. Yeah. I was going to ask you, what of the side quests is your favorite? Oh, yeah. I would say it was the backpacks. That was the first thing that I kind of honed in on um, because I knew that you got the the homemade suit as soon as you finish yeah. it. And like that was just too funny, and I needed to unlock it. Even though I don't use it, I just needed to have it in the collection. Sure. But the one that I connected with the most and the one I am enjoying doing still are the landmarks. Yeah, those are cool. So Peter at this point is no longer a photographer for the Daily Bugle. He has quit at this point uh, and taken up like actual research lab work that he's doing. But he still loves photography. So one of the side quests that you can do is going around New York and taking pictures of all of the like famous New York landmarks, which in this world includes the avengers tower and nelson and murdoch's law office and um dr strange's sanctum santorum and things like that yeah and then like lincoln square right or like yeah (laughs) which is really fun and yeah it's all it definitely feels the most fully realized version of both new york and like marvel's new york which is like a its own fictional world which is kind of fun Mm -hmm. so when you finish those there's 50 secret ones as well which i have not found all of i'm just like trying to find them at this point i just found one like right before we started recording uh it's on wall this is the only one i'll spoil uh it's on wall street and if you go to where the the bull statue is supposed to be on wall street i guess they didn't get the rights to the bull or they just wanted to switch it out but instead it's a big statue of lockjaw the dog from the inhumans (laughs) that's awesome and it's sick and you can sit on his head and take a selfie which is what i did that is incredible yeah the the side quests are really fun and, and the incentive to doing them other than like that's the thing. They're all enjoyable to do inherently. Yeah. And they all give you stuff when you complete all of them. Mm-hmm. The other incentive is that whenever you do, like whenever you stop a crime or take a picture of a landmark or uh, get a backpack or whatever the side quest you're doing is, you get a token for doing each one. And then you use those tokens to either craft suits or uh, upgrade your gadgets yeah. and make new gadgets, which is really cool. So that's that's the main incentive to doing them is upgrading your gear, which is it's really funny. I I, I laughed out loud because 
the game lets you explore it openly pretty early on. You don't have all the side quests open right away. Yeah. But like after the first kind of like tutorial mission, which is super fun, it opens up and I immediately just got all the backpacks and did whatever. And then I did the next story mission. And then it was like, why not take a break and explore the city? I'm like, pal, if you knew, <laughs> I, I'm like, I've got every tower, every backpack I've been, I've been exploring. How Don't you worry. Brilliant. Is that though? That's one of my favorite things about the game is that I feel like in every open world game I've ever played, there is always the big catastrophic thing that is happening that is driving yeah. the main storyline. I think Fallout 4 is a great example where it's like, my son was taken from me and I need to go find him. And that is the only thing that is driving this character. And then you spend 14 hours building a base with turrets so you can <laughs> ward off like a bunch of zombies from like a town that you don't really care about that much. And then like shuttle yeah. shuttle goods between that one and another base that you have. And like, that's what you spend all your time doing. It's like, OK, what happened to your son? In Spider-Man, they specifically give you moments where Peter is like, hey, there's nothing happening right now. I should probably just like do my side job of swinging around and solving crimes and stuff. Solving crimes. Yeah. Stopping crimes. <laughs> I'm only here to, to pick up clues. <laughs> One of the other big challenges is that each in each neighborhood, there is like a base of bad guys you have to fight, like in waves, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and they give you added challenges of like do 10 finishers or do or like, you know, web all the enemies to the walls throw 10 objects at enemies exactly like that. Yeah. yeah and uh if you you can complete it without doing it but to do like with the 100 you have to do all that and they let you retry all those missions mm -hmm. so like i just kind of been doing them with like my best first attempt and then i'm like okay once i beat the game i will likely go back yep like this game really i'm not one to ever want to 100 a game and i really really want to 100 this game yeah like it just I don't know what it is about it that makes me change my mind so suddenly. I really without, think like, it's like the minute to minute gameplay is so fun and all of the mechanics kind of gel so well together. Yeah. That ju just playing the game, regardless of what side activity you're doing, is fun enough that it makes you want to continue doing it. Like I kind of had the same vibe that you did where I now that I'm done with the game, I am just going back and redoing some of the things I did not get 100% on. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like banging them out. Or there are some kinds of missions that I didn't enjoy doing as much as other kinds of side missions, but still enjoy doing like pretty significantly. So I'm now going back yeah. and doing those. I, I don't want to spoil what they are because I don't think you've unlocked them yet. But like there are some of the side missions that I kind of purposely held off into the end because I kind of knew where it was leading. And I was like, actually, I think that's going to be a fun like end game thing for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. There was one I did because there was only a handful of them that. Yeah, it was the least enjoyable of all of them, but I still enjoyed it. Which one was it? Uh, slight spoiler here if you want to jump ahead. Is it a, a side bit, mission was, or is it like a kind of... It's a collectible. collectible. Oh, okay. It's, it's a, it's a collectible. Well, it's not a collectible, but it's like one of those scattered around the map mm -hmm. objectives. Which one? Um, it was the Black Cat ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were cool and I was really interested in what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. So like, I figured since there were only 12 of them that I would... Basically what you do is she leaves these like cameras around the city with like a recording of her. Yep. And you have to find a cat and take a picture of it, basically. Mm -hmm. It's pretty fun. It, it's it's very simple and there aren't too many of them. So I think that's purposeful in, in doing that. The end of that quest I was a bit disappointed with because I feel like, a, like you, you get a suit so and then it ends. That is a prequel to the first DLC that's coming. Oh, interesting. That is just setting up for Black Cat DLC, which I don't know what it is, but I'm excited about it. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. That, 
that makes more sense because it felt like I'm like, oh, I, I literally thought I was going to unlock like a subplot here. Yeah. But um, but that's also like very on brand with the character. Yeah. I'd be like, well, I'm <laughs> I was played again. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, um, let's talk more about the story and well, not necessarily the story itself, but just the writing and the characters. Because I think that's something that I was not expecting to be as good as it is. Yeah. Every character feels so like so much heart went into their creation. Um, everyone feels so fully realized to the point where you actually end up playing as other characters. Like I really liked the Mary Jane mission mm-hmm. where you have to sneak around the museum. It felt very uncharted. I texted you about that. Yep. And I, I love that. I was like looking at artifacts and, and hearing witty dialogue. I was like, this is exactly what I want. Yeah. Yeah. The game like shifts itself multiple times, depending on who you're playing as, which I really like. Have you played as anyone else yet besides Mary Jane and Spider-Man? This is something that I feel like I don't want to spoil. I have played as someone else. And I think that it was a really cool moment that Spider-Man fans will probably really, really love. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. I, I want to leave it at yeah, that. That's fine. Um, I'll tell you after the show. Um, all right, it was Bonesaw, okay? I admit it. <laughs> it's my turn! Sorry. <laughs> hey, Freak Show! Yeah, hell yeah. It was Sam Raimi. Um, Sam Raimi, is, Sam Raimi is the unlockable <laughs> third playable character. There's a Spider-Man 3 DLC yeah. uh, where it's just Sam Raimi dancing. It, that's in one of the comics, I think. Um, oh, is it? Yeah, is that Spider-Man <laughs> rolls up on the set of, I think, Spider-Man 2 being filmed oh. and like runs into sam raimi and toby mcguire that's amazing and like solves a crime why do i keep saying solves <laughs> some kind of detective. i sense a clue it's me spider-man i've got the strongest nose for evidence maybe rethink the spider thing like i don't know you sound more like a bloodhound yeah. no i'm a spider Do- dog adjacent peter are you caught in my web of lies i'll tell you the truth <laughs> this is awful this is crap um I so yeah back to what we were talking about um yes characters writing writing. I think you said this when we were talking about it you definitely said this off the show but their handling of Peter Parker is awesome yeah like you you play as Peter Parker pretty significant amount you don't really play as him other than when you're doing the science submit as some of the science side quests yeah but just like in cutscenes and and usually like when you do a story mission you alternate between in and out of costume. Mm-hmm. Um, I really loved the first intro scene where there's like that early 2000s like pop punk playing as he like makes Oh toast. my god, yeah, like right in the beginning. <laughs> it's like, well, off again. Um, yeah. It's really good. It, it definitely has this sort of campy tone of some of the earlier comics, but you really love all the characters. They're, they're written, they feel very real, you know, like MJ feels like a very fully realized character, as does um, Aunt May and everyone who works at the shelter. Yeah. It's a testament to Spider-Man like lore that it's so heartbreaking that so many of the villains in Spider-Man are like his closest friends and family. Yeah. I don't know like when or where this game takes place in the timeline, but I really love the friendship between Dr. Octavius and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I, I, you don't have to tell Peter me. specifically. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a funny moment in, in the beginning when he spots you like repairing the suit and he's like, it makes so much sense. You're the guy who makes Spider-Man's gear. Right. And he's like, yes, that's exactly who I am. Yeah. And I'm wondering, I'm like, is he going to become Doc Ock eventually? Do I defy him? I, I hope not. Yeah. But I think the, fir- is the first moment you see Otto and he's like hooked up to a thing that looks like his arms and it turns out to not be his arms and like they pull that on you so many times or it's like you know at some point in the timeline 
he is going to become Doc Ock. But right now, he's just like a nice father figure. He's like a cool yeah. guy that you hang out with and like employs you. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that, that that's also like what makes Spider-Man such a beloved hero because there is that sort of personal life intertwined with the superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the most compelling hero narratives have that that kind of double life but yeah with with spider-man in particular it feels like they are very closely intertwined yeah um and i think that that actually is thematically like manifested with having mr negative be the main antagonist because you have that dark side of you Mm -hmm. um and that character is all about sort of the duality yeah um that's where this plot i was actually surprised at how dark it became pretty like like you said, there isn't really a, a big initial like catastrophic event. So the first like, I guess I don't know how long I was playing, but I'm going to say the first five or so hours. Steven, it's um, 2021. Where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> Steven, your beard is great, but like, yikes. Um, the first like 20 hours of gameplay are, are pretty lighthearted. And then the story naturally gets much darker or at least the stakes get higher yeah but there are some cinematics where i was like oh wow this is really really sad and really like um it's a good incentive it's the same thing like uh in destiny 2 where the beginning the city is just getting destroyed and you have such an incentive to like kick this dude's ass once you you know beat the game that's the only time I really turn to Destiny 2 in terms of like, no, that's a good story. But it's just like, <laughs> yeah. that moment is very effective. Yeah. And I found some of the some of the scenes in this to be equally so. Yeah, I think thematically, at least the 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 thematic line that I kind of followed throughout the game, and it's it's pretty evident early on uh when you first meet Mr. Negative and a couple other people, but i think the game seems to be questioning the idea of how one reacts to hardship um and Mm. if it allows them to grow or like crumble under the thing that happened to them you know with spider-man obviously being born of the uncle ben tragedy and with great power comes great responsibility and all that kind of stuff mr negative on the other hand literally is using his own trauma to feed his his own power and become worse and worse and worse which i think is fascinating uh and you'll meet a couple other characters along the way that will kind of drive that home as well I think it's really a really fascinating thing to kind of hone in on with Peter um, because it kind of leans into this idea that like everything he does is for the betterment of everyone. And even though you're kind of being accosted by J. Jonah Jameson's podcast that comes on the radio constantly (laughs) while you're swinging around, um, even like when you're wandering on the street, I don't know if you've ever done this. But if you're just walking around on the street, like people will just start shooting at you or like people will yell at you um, because some people love you and some people don't. And like, that's just your relationship with the city. And the fact that he continues to soldier on and be a force of good in the world, despite all that, says so much about him as a person. Um, And we talked about this at one point, but like some of the side missions even drive that home even more. Right. So there's the whole idea that he works at the at the uh, feast center, which is like a a homeless shelter that, you know, feeds people in need, uh, which is amazing. And like such an interesting idea for Peter and also Aunt May works there. And like, that's wonderful by itself. But then there are other missions like you were talking about the research center, like those research center missions are literally you fixing the environment in New York city. Yeah. You are going around and like alerting 
uh, alerting the authorities that like certain industrial plants are polluting too much in New York. And like, what an interesting thing for him to be doing. Yeah. And that's, it's also one, it's like a truly heroic thing to do. And two, it's very much in Spider-Man's capabilities to do so. Right. You know, like he's like, I can get around quickly and test chemicals. So like, let me do this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and that's, I think that whole idea of Spider-Man's intentions versus the repercussions is a really interesting uh, theme to explore. It's it's most set up in the very beginning when you fight, is it Kingpin? Fisk? Yep. Is that who Kingpin, yeah. Um, in this game, Spider-Man refers to a lot of the villains as their, like, actual name, yeah. so I'm always like, wait, who is that again? I love that. Uh, yeah, so when you fight Kingpin in the beginning... He gets arrested after the fight, and Kingpin's like, in one month, you will regret doing this. Yep. Like, say we will about me, I kept the city in order, it's going to be chaos without me. Yeah. And he's kind of right. I mean, yeah, it's I don't amazing. Think it's really fascinating. I don't think it, the, the moral thing is not to let Kingpin stay in power because he's a bad guy, but, you know, you, it's interesting that they explore that. And then, on the other hand, too, you have MJ's philosophy where she's like, I am putting myself at risk trying to expose the truth you know yeah like i it, it, you know her whole thing i loved the dialogue where she's in the museum she's looking at all the antiques and she's like she's like, i feel like history is just like boys playing dress up fighting each other yeah like you know here's here and then there's a there's another picture where it's i think it's like a woodblock planning of like a woman from i guess like the edo period I'm not sure exactly what period it was, but I think she was a journalist too. Mm. Um, and she's like, I have more admiration for someone who like, whose identity is known. Yeah. Um, and, and I really like that idea. Um, it's not necessarily one is right or wrong, but I think that like all the characters have their kind of worldview. And then that is manifested through how they choose to identify themselves or how they choose to, uh, use their actions. Mm-hmm. You know, Spider-Man may be trying to help, but he's also just covering the city in spider webs. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, obviously he's the good guy, but uh, and J. Jonah Jameson, of course he would become a conspiracy theorist on the radio. That just makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah, so he, it, he gets let go or leaves the Daily Bugle at some point in, in this storyline, and then basically gets picked up by a radio network that gives him a live radio show, which also turns into a podcast, uh, which of course yeah. Peter listens to every single episode, <laughs> which I love because he just needs to hear it. Because on some level, J. Jonah Jameson is correct in that Peter wants to hear what people think about him. You know what I mean? As much as he just wants to be a force of good, he also wants people to recognize that he's a force of yeah. good on some, he would never admit that, but like, that's a thing that is going through his head. Um, and what's funny is like JJ Jameson's whole show is devoted to like exposing Spider-Man as a fraud mm-hmm. and all the listeners who call in are like, I actually think he's doing a good job. Like, I think oh, he's, yeah. And there was one really funny one that made me laugh where he's like, someone was like, well, like I get your point, but like since spider-man has shown up the city's been like a lot safer and he's like okay you know i i agree with your point there but before spider-man we had police and firefighters doing their jobs we didn't have men dressed as rhinos nazis made of bees <laughs> and like all this stuff um really really funny yeah uh, again and it feels like they also let you unsubscribe to it if you're just like you know what i don't need that stress right now do just they really swing around yeah, I didn't know that. I, that was one of the first things they got. They're like, you know, you can unsubscribe to this horrible show. I'm like, I kind of like it. Oh, yeah. 
There's a lot that there's a lot of it after you beat the main story, which I'm surprised by. Like as I'm continuing to swing oh, around and do things, there are still episodes of the podcast coming out, which I love. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to get more into it. Uh, given my current track record, I will probably beat it tonight. Um, <laughs> I feel like there are more hours in the day suddenly when I start playing this game. So yeah, I this is one of the best games I've played this year yep. which is saying a lot because there have been a lot of very very good games but this game kind of has everything i want in a game it has really just mechanically it's great so that's awesome the story and the characters and the writing is super engaging and really really awesome a lot of customization uh, mm-hmm. and it's just beautiful like yeah. it's there's really nothing i have nothing to complain about like i'm sure there, there are things here or there you could point out but at least in my initial playing of it, the graphics did glitch out hard once. I was uh, I was looking for a backpack, and then the whole city like became like eight pixels. It's like what? I think that's probably Whoa. more of my PS4 being haunted than the game itself. I did see so. one incredible uh, video online of some. <laughs> I can't believe this is real, but someone's uh, game glitched out, and all of the people's textures were replaced with jeans. <laughs> <laughs> so like. Every single citizen walking around the city became denim. That is incredible. Which sounds actually, now that I say it out loud, almost like a supervillain plot. Yeah, yeah. He's like, well, you're making everyone denim. Yeah. Almost like uh, best. Ge- uh, d- you don't watch My Hero Academia, correct? I haven't yet. I've been meaning to. There is a character in that show named Best Genist, <laughs> who is a, a very fashion forward superhero who, who can uh, basically control fabrics and dresses himself entirely in jeans. He has a jean turtleneck up to here. It's incredible, but it's almost as if he was evil and then turned everyone into jeans. I love that. Yeah. That's incredible. It's the hardest I've laughed at a show in a long time was when Best Genius <laughs> was introduced. <laughs> do, uh, do we talk about photo mode at all? We should talk about photo mode. I have to talk up. about photo mode. Yeah, let's do it. Because I am completely obsessed with it. I, I love the trend of adding photo mode to games. It is yeah. wonderful. I am glad that it is a thing. And in Spider-Man, it is unlocked immediately. Some games seem to like wait a bit. Um, I know God of War added it like way later i think maybe as a way to get like a second round of press after the original like Uh, hype for that game had died out they were like here's photo mode and then a little bit later they're like here's new game plus and like just keeping god of war on people's minds because there's no dlc coming for that game so it's just like that's it uh uncharted all those games have it but spider-man gives it to you from the beginning gives you a whole suite of options that i think are wonderful the best of which, obviously, is selfie mode, which allows you to, at any point in the game, pause the game, turn the camera onto yourself. Peter is literally holding it, aiming it at himself, and depending on what suit you're using, you can change like his eye expressions. It's the best. There's a selfie light. There's a Kim Kardashian selfie light, which I love and adore and use constantly. There's a lot of Instagram filters as well. Mm-hmm. A ton of filters. Uh, and then you can add like stickers and stuff. You can add a bunch of different frames. It is so fun. I have spent probably more time in photo mode than I have actually playing the game. And that is like <laughs> not even hyperbole. I spend so much time in photo mode, like lining up shots. My uh, my desktop backgrounds on all my devices are all photos from Spider-Man at this point because I just like can't stop taking pictures at all times. Right before we started recording this podcast, I had been spending like maybe 15 minutes lining up a shot <laughs> where it was me in front of a billboard that just said sup because I thought it was hilarious. That's amazing. I think the best photo I took was once I got the homemade suit, I like found some kind of rooftop pool with people hanging out. 
So I jumped in the pool and then took a selfie and everyone's behind me like bored and confused. Um, it's pretty good. <laughs> That's yeah, it's very good. I one of the first ones I took because I went by where the Marvel office is. It's like over by Radio City. Um, so I went over by Radio City, took a selfie where his hand was blocking out the I.O in radio so it just said rad city and i was like that's <laughs> that's the most brennan bigley screenshot from this game of all time uh and that's, that's incredible that's my favorite one yeah i, can I love you take, photo mode can you take selfies when enemies are present oh yeah oh okay this added a whole other layer for me because that's my favorite thing to do in breath of the wild is take like a pouting selfie when like a moblin is right behind mm-hmm. me yeah <laughs> yeah you can um, take pictures like as you're kicking someone in the face you can like you can really do whatever you want i also recommend just for fun um and just to show how much detail is in this game every single suit has web shooters that are attached in different ways so like every suit has specific web shooters that are fully modeled and also the webs will come out of them the correct way they're supposed to as you unlock suits I highly recommend pausing the game and zooming into the web shooters and like checking them out because they're all different <laughs> and they're all fascinating and really cool. Um, there's so much detail in each of those suits. It's ridiculous. Oh, one last thing I want to point out. I almost forgot. There are like little kind of slice of life loading screen moments when you're uh, traveling around New York sometimes, like very rarely. Mm-hmm. And there was one where it was just Spider-Man on the subway and I was in the homemade suit. So it's homemade Spider-Man on the subway with a dude next to him who was dressed as Spider-Man. Awesome. Uh, and, and they were just talking like as the subway went on. Yeah. And then it, I was like, that make that 10 to 15 minutes long, put it on loop and put it in the MoMA. Because that was like the most <laughs> interesting dynamic I've ever seen. The guy who's actually Spider-Man, who's wearing like felt and scotch tape from like Michaels. <laughs> and then a, a fan who looks more like Spider-Man, who's just talking to him yeah. about himself. Right. I love that. Yeah. I can't get enough of that. That, uh, that subway thing is the fast travel load screen. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. So every time you're on, there are different things that happen every time you use a subway, which is wonderful. There's like one that's- where somebody falls asleep on your shoulder. As you're like, if you're riding really far, um, sometimes he's just like literally holding onto a handrail and like scrolling through Twitter. There's a version of Twitter in this game. We didn't even mention that. There's a version of Twitter with like tens of thousands of tweets, it feels. And they're all hilarious and wonderful. Uh, And they comment on the things that are happening within the city. They comment on the things that are happening to you. They comment on things that are happening outside of the world. Like you learn things about what the Avengers are doing on the West Coast, like via these tweets. It's really it's interesting. Yeah, it's it's just a great, wonderful game. Yeah, I love it so much. Yeah, um, I can't recommend it enough. I really can't. I like you said, there are a lot of incredible games that have come out this year. I've played a lot of incredible games that didn't come out this year. Um, I think Spider-Man is probably my favorite still. I mean, the character just means so much to me and has for such a long time. Like, I think that was kind of a given. But the fact that this game has captured that character so accurately is 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 just amazing like it really is better in every way than every other spider-man game i've played and like that's going back to the 2004 spider-man 2 game that everybody always brings up yeah well that game was like they the central mechanic of swinging around was great but the rest of the game was like whatever you know even at the time like it was just sort of the shining example of like oh they built this game around like spider-man's capabilities Mm -hmm. this game could have this game could literally just have the like central mechanics it does and still be great but the fact that it has such a heartfelt narrative yeah. under it and 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 one of my favorite 
versions of Spider-Man and of the Spider-Man like worlds yeah. is so awesome. It also is a testament to like video games being a respected medium of art, you know, because I think that that for so long they were considered like toys. So when a superhero game came out, it was just sort of like they slapped on Aquaman on the cover and yeah. I'm acting like Aquaman was like a hot commodity ever yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean like they they threw on you know superman or whatever and and didn't care about it because they're like oh it'll sell right that this is this whole game is like oozing with the love put behind it it yeah. really feels like a passion project to the highest degree yeah i love it i love it so much go get spider-man get it it's great for the playstation you 4. already have it for the playstation 4 and uh get aquaman for the gamecube and superman for the n64 and also get spider-man for the n64 do you ever play that one no i i rented superman though i can tell you all about oh, that i'm sorry it was i feel like i got strep throat after i played <laughs> that game like it made me sick uh do you want to take a break yeah let's take a break see you in a bit bye Goodbye. listeners swing away <laughs> so uh I actually just forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> wow. I, I have, oh, that's it. That's well, thanks for listening to this episode of, into the aether. Wow. I completely, this has not happened to me in a long time. I just completely blanked my whole mind. Just, uh, I have achieved Nirvana. <laughs> I'm so happy. I feel like, was I your Virgil that I guess, uh, not Virgil. Cause that would be into hell. Wouldn't it? Yeah. I can take you to hell if you want. P- oh, please. <laughs> Brendan. I have been playing a game that you have said is one of your favorites. Yes. Uh, favorites of, of last year, favorites of all time. Wow. Was that last year that game came out? 2017. Yeah. Wow. TikTok, baby. Holy <laughs> shit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Yeah. Um, it's Uncharted The Lost Legacy. <laughs> yeah. Now, you, so my history with the, I've been playing Uncharted Lost Legacy, really into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk a bit about my history with the Uncharted series, because I think it kind of connects with yours a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and I, you had a take on the series that I thought was very interesting. So I, I didn't play the first three because I, I didn't have a PS3. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, there wasn't really much about the series that looked that appealing to me. And not that I, not that I wrote it off or anything. I just wasn't really like dying to play it, yeah. you know? And then I got my PS4, the bundles available were like, uh, one came with Uncharted 4 and one came with like Call of Duty or something. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I'm way more likely to play. I am 110% more likely to play Uncharted 4 than the new Call of Duty. Yeah. So I got that and I played it and I loved it. That Uncharted 4 might be one of my favorite games, like in my top 10. Yeah. And you said the phrase, you were like, it's it's a perfect game. There's nothing wrong with it, and there's nothing to say about it. Mm-hmm. So no one said anything. Yeah, <laughs> it just sort of. I mean, it got good reviews, but like there wasn't like any like there was no buzz about it the same way there was like Spider Man or God of War. Or, yeah, you know, it was uh, weird because like games. when end of the year game of the year discussions happened, the year of Uncharted Four, it was like nobody even mentioned it. Nobody yeah. talked about Uncharted Four at the end of the year, and it's just one of those games that was like, in my opinion so good and so polished and so i don't know so exactly what everyone wanted from it that there was nothing that you could say really there you couldn't yeah it was not like oh i want i wish i had this or like this mechanic was weird like nothing positive or negative that you could add to the discussion it was just like 
as good as an Uncharted game could be. As, so I thought, at least, until yeah. Lost Legacy. So Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy, both written by uh, the same person who wrote Last of Us. Um, yeah. And there's a part of me that is almost more impressed by the writing in both Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy because um, even though they're, they're all high stakes, like the, the story is a lot more like, this is a lot more kind of familiar Hollywood, you know, like this is like the summer blockbuster territory. Oh yeah. So it's absolutely Indiana Jones. It has every right to be like very trite and mediocre in terms of the story and the characters. Right. And it is so engaging. Um, The plot of Uncharted 4, I think works because Nathan Drake is like as, as milk toast as you can get in terms of like starring characters. He's like, you know, quippy, muscular dude. But what makes him really likable for me in Uncharted 4 is that he doesn't want to be Nathan Drake anymore. Yeah. This kind of like a Godfather struggle where like his brother comes back and is like, listen, I need you to help me. And the plot that follows is so incredible. Um, one of my favorite scenes in Uncharted 4 is just Nathan at home, you know, in, oh, his yeah, in the beginning with a Nerf gun trying to relive his past days. And yeah. Like, anyway, Uncharted 4 is great. Definitely play it if you haven't. I'll leave it at that. Uncharted Lost Legacy, I think, is even stronger in the writing. Absolutely. I love it. Uh, yes. The, this one stars Chloe Fraser, who's a recurring major character from the series. She wasn't in four, so I actually haven't seen her before. She was in two. She was in two, I think maybe a little bit in three, um, for what I read. Yeah, I believe so. I don't remember. But mostly in two. I don't She's remember much character. of three, weirdly looking back, actually. Yeah. But anyway. <clears throat> anyway, so starring Chloe Fraser also a treasure hunter and a really great character she is i guess kind of like the thing i will say is going into lost legacy does require a working knowledge of uncharted whereas uncharted Mm -hmm. 4 worked for me largely being blind to the series before lost legacy does require like at least at least four but Chloe Fraser is is introduced strongly enough that I didn't really need to know her involvement beforehand. And you get a little bit of that as the story goes on. But the story largely stars Chloe and Nadine, who is from Four. Yep. And their repartee and their kind of growing friendship throughout the game is so well done. Um, I love a moment that stood out to me was in the very beginning. Um, you're like running away from from foes. And Chloe goes down to pick a lock and Nadine just smashes the window and opens it from the other side. Yep. And that's like, that's their character at their most minimized form. Chloe is someone who's going to take a very indirect road, kind of secretive, kind of selfish. Um, Nadine is completely straightforward. Yeah. (laughs) And, and honestly a lot more likable. Like I liked both of them a lot. And I think that uh, Chloe is a great character because she acknowledges the negative parts of her personality and also grows as a character throughout the game. Right. She's never unlikable, but I think that there's a great scene, uh, not to spoil anything, but there's a great scene where after a moment of tension, any other writer would have written a scene like, hey, Nadine, sorry about before. It's okay. We're friends now. Mm-hmm. But like instead, she goes... Not really good at the whole people thing. Um, I am, and Nadine goes, a selfish asshole. And she goes, yeah, I'm a selfish asshole. <laughs> and like, that's, that's the apology. And they're closer after that. Yeah. Because rather than saying a forced apology that means nothing, Nadine 
kind of made Chloe step out of her comfort zone and meet her at the level that she operates at. Yeah. Um, love that so much. The game itself, I think, feels a little bit like I, I draw parallels to um, Link Between Worlds leading into Breath of the Wild. Uh, I'm not sure what's a call Lost Legacy because it is like an eight plus hour experience. It's not DLC, um, but it's certainly not the uh, like the same length as Uncharted Four. Right. I think it was going to be DLC, and then they're like, "There's more to this than yeah than DLC warrants." It was kind of amazing when it came out because it came out literally like exactly one year after Uncharted Four came out, and felt yeah. like a complete experience. It does. It really does. And the the big thing gameplay wise that's changed up here, it's largely the same game, but what's very different is that rather than having a set uh, sequence of levels, um, this game is actually way more open. You get to this open area that you can tackle each fortress in any order you want. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not like a huge open world to the same level as Spider-Man, but it does create a really compelling sense of adventure when you actually have to travel to the next location. Yeah. Um, And I don't think that the games suffer at all from being linear because they are completely designed to be that way. But I think this felt a little bit like a play test of like, do we want, is there a future of Uncharted where Nathan is not the lead character mm-hmm. and the world is a bit more open? Yeah. And the answers to both are overwhelmingly yes. Yeah. And I like, I like Nathan Drake, but I think that the series now has found a voice outside of his story alone. And I can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah. My, my thing with uh, Lost Legacy has always been just i i was kind of tired of nathan as a character and i didn't really connect with or care that much about his i don't know his reasons his motivations for doing anything really like it seemed like he was mostly out for fame and fortune uh he had a loose connection to some kind of historical figure uh but really just wanted to be like indiana jones who just took all of the money for himself you know yeah um which i i was never really very into and he kind of like treats people around him poorly um i don't know i never liked him that much and the idea of chloe being the daughter of someone who lost his life hunting for something and her saying like i need to pick up where my dad left off because this is like i don't know there, there, I, I have an emotional connection to this quest you know on, on like a very uh, on a very real level and the fact that she and nathan have the same like kind of bravado but they're coming from different places yeah I, I appreciate backstory of Chloe's motivations more. Me too. Does that, does that make any sense? It does. And you're completely right about Nathan. I mean, from what little I've seen of the older games, he definitely has that, like that negative quality to him. And I think he works in four because his motivation is he doesn't want to do this anymore. Or maybe he does. And he's lying to himself. Yeah, but absolutely. What's presented as the positive option is like, Hey, Nathan, think of your family, you know? Mm-hmm. Think of think of the life that you have been convincing yourself you've been working towards. And I think that Nathan does want to be like a stay at home dad. Like that's like <laughs> oddly enough his truth. And then his brother drags him out of it. And then he has to question on whether or not he's doing it for certain reasons. Yeah. Um, way more interesting than like, I want riches. Yeah. But yeah, Chloe, I think is, a, is in her one game is, is an equally strong, if not stronger leading character um and i was glad nadine is coming back or i'm glad nadine came back in this one because i really liked her in four Mm -hmm. and i like that they're acknowledging how many people the drake brothers have killed she's like my military group 
my mercenary group is gone. I, I like I need a job. So thank yeah. you, Chloe, for hiring me. Yeah, there are a and lot of the- really amazing. It reminds me a lot, weirdly, of um, it reminds me a lot of the Bioshock 2 DLC Minerva's Den, which that crew then went on to found um, Fulbright Games, who made Gone Home and Tacoma um, after after making Minerva's Den. But like that game really took the foundations of Bioshock 2, which was like, I think most people's least favorite Bioshock game of the three of them. But yeah. took the foundations of what the uh, what what irrational games had built and said, like, what is an interesting thing that we can do within these mechanics and figured out a way to tell a really interesting narrative via the environment. Um, and just that idea of taking what was built and finding a new twist on it, I think, really carries through in Lost Legacy, where not only is this game, I think, more interesting in terms of its characters but is also more interesting mechanically in its open world, but simultaneously is more interesting in its meta-narrative commenting on what you have done in previous Uncharted games, like that moment with Nadine that you're talking about where her entire army is wiped out, but also moments where... I think there's one moment in the entirety of the DLC... Um, I just called it DLC, but in the entirety of Lost Legacy where you have to push a box around, and they're like, wow, this is terrible. Pushing boxes yeah. is the worst. <laughs> and it's like, what do you spend all of your time doing in uncharted one two three and four pushing boxes around and i love that whoever was de- the lead designer of this game specifically was like that's the thing that people make fun of us for let's throw it in this dlc anyway i i love i love everything about lost legacy i think it's better one two three and four personally um i think being shorter works to its advantage not having nathan drake works to its advantage i think the environments that that you're traversing are stunning um, yeah, they really are. The art direction is unreal. I really liked the beginning in uh, India and in the more yeah. kind of urban areas with the, you know, you're climbing like uh, city buildings and like electric signs. Sneaking and, around and, guards and just like the weird police force that exists. Yeah, it, very, very atmospheric in that way. And uh, I think the combat works better in this one too because it's structured in more open environments where you have to like you learn pretty early on that if you stay still you're going to get killed mm-hmm. so you have to constantly be swinging around and taking out enemies and the fights feel shorter i feel like the only thing i could say about uncharted 4 that got to me after a while was like i was like it's very out of character for nathan drake to make sure everyone is dead before he moves on to the next area yeah <laughs> like he's totally guy like oh see you later guys and swings away but it's like no i will not move on until i know everyone here is it's like this and the enemies take like a million bullets um that's the only thing that kind of got to me with uncharted 4 but lost legacy is much better and i think that the fighting works best both in the very climactic uh boss fights i guess you can consider them or in uh, getaway sequences where you're running away. Yeah. That's where it really feels like truly cinematic. Um, a thing the series does very well is it never seldomly does it take action away from the player. Like yeah. even in the moments that are out of your control, you always feel like you're in control. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's what every game should do. Because like the minute you make something a cutscene, we're, we're use cutscenes like a very strong spice, you know? Like it's <laughs> it's a. Uh, I like the way Bloodborne does it, where you, I mean, Bloodborne does it in a way that's like exceedingly cryptic, but yeah, um, you know, the cutscenes should highlight a moment. Like in, uh, in Hollow Knight, the like one cutscene in the game is, is when you're by the statue and Hornet comes back. 
Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, this moment's really important, isn't it? Because this has never happened before. Right. But like when cutscenes exist, just to be like, look at this cool thing you're not doing. My God, this sucks. Right. Um, like Monster Hunter World had a lot of that where like my goofy ass character that does not look cool is like, <laughs> and like comes in like, this is not the character I made. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, great game. Highly recommend it. The only, the only really, the only drawback I can think of with Lost Legacy is that it does require you play at least four beforehand. Yeah. Um, I would love for it to stand on its own. And I think that Naughty Dog would probably work towards that. I think that this is sort of, this was made to be DLC and then it became bigger. So I hope that that incentive materializes in like a, a standalone Uncharted game with a similar spirit and yeah. similar quality. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where this franchise is going to go because we all know they're working on Last of Us 2 and that's coming in 2019 at some point, maybe. Yeah. That's the next game they're working on. I wonder what else is in the pipeline for them because there is a dev team there working on something that's not Last of Us Part 2. And if it's a new Uncharted game without Nathan Drake, I would be pretty stoked about it. Yeah, me too. You did play four, correct? Huh? You played four all the way through? Yeah. Even like a sequel with Nathan's daughter. Would yeah, be that'd be awesome. Fantastic. I would love that. Um, yeah, that'd be great. And that would be, I mean, talk about a backstory. We've, we've played it, you know? Yeah. So like whatever, whatever her, not that Nathan has to be her motivation, but like we know what her family situation is like because right. we've, we've seen it all happen. Good stuff, Naughty Dog. Um, I haven't beaten it yet, but I'm in like the last chapter. Cool. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah. yeah. So I'll let you know. That will probably not be enough to talk about it again on the show, but I really love the series and I think I, I am most drawn to it now that it seems to be like changing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like with Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy clearly going in a different direction than I imagine the past games were. Yeah. So. And honestly, after playing four and definitely after playing Lost Legacy, like, I don't know if I would recommend going back and playing one, two and three. Yeah. I, I, part of me wants to, but I, I wonder if, if I would be disappointed. It's it's going to feel very reductive mechanically because there are so many quality of life things. The, the gunplay was like notoriously bad for such a long time, but you put up with it because the story and the writing and the acting were so great. Um, I feel like four and definitely Lost Legacy is where all of that really melds together and you get like the experience that you're really looking for. Yeah, that makes sense. More fully realized. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, onward to a break. Onward. Let's onward to a break. Goodbye. Goodbye. I feel like a lot of kids knew how gullible I was because so many people told me so many different things could happen in games and I believed all of them and uh -huh. they never were right. Uh, one of them was you can get a Mew in Pokemon by talking. The guy who gives you Eevee yeah. uh, in, in Silent City, if you talk to him 5,000 times, he'll give you a Mew. Did you do it? I did. He didn't. Oh, my God. And I went back to school and I was like, everyone around me is a phony and a liar <laughs> and an opportunist. Yeah. Someone told me, I wonder if it's the same person, but someone told me uh, that in Pokemon Yellow, there was a way to get... Uh, a pika blue like a surfing pikachu whole yeah pika blue all right there there was definitely like in a uh, in a yago in our school it was just like pulling all the strings <laughs> and being like yo if you put your pokemon cartridge in the toilet you can get doug trio with halos <laughs> what <laughs> but i remember that person whoever it was convinced me to delete my save and start over uh oh so my i could God. get pika blue and then i did not get pika blue and that's i i that's why i have trust issues Pika Blue was was such a disappointment because it was like so hyped up and then it was just Meryl. 
It's just Meryl. Yeah, it just ended up being Meryl. Although in Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, it's coming up, there is a way to teach Pikachu Surf. Oh, is there? Yeah, like officially. Which, because I think that rumor made it all the way back to Nintendo somehow. So they. They're like, people really want Pikachu to surf. I'm like, what? Yeah. All right. Yeah, sure, he does surf whatever, in, the, yeah. in the intro, in the intro. To Pokemon Yellow. That's why yeah. I believed it. So I was like, they wouldn't put it in there if he couldn't learn surf. <laughs> I feel like that was just like the marketing of 1998 was they're like put put them on a skateboard or a surfboard. We're back, we're back, Brendan, and you have a game to talk about. Tell I, me everything. I am really excited to talk about this. Um, I'm very excited. Too. I think we maybe mentioned it, or maybe we didn't on on the podcast. I know you and I watched the Nintendo Direct about this, uh, and we were texting each other as it was happening. But Nintendo this week uh, released a first party new ip only for smartphones uh so it's the first time they've ever released an entirely new franchise on something that wasn't a nintendo console um and it's called dragalia lost it is a um how do i put it i i would say it's like one part uh rpg beat-em-up and one part like gachapon like character collecting game um, it's interesting if you were to compare it to other gacha games, kind of like Fire Emblem Heroes, um, any of the Marvel smartphone games where it's like you are collecting characters that you've heard of before. Uh, Dragalia gotcha. Lost is interesting because you are super not collecting people that you've heard of before. <laughs> They're just entirely invented for this new franchise. Um, but this game is out. I will front load this by saying it is free and it is bad. I don't think... <laughs> The game okay, is so good. just for the record, too, I haven't played it. Yeah. Um, and I've only heard that you have and that you're excited to talk about it. Yeah. So that that uh rug swept from under me. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's free and it's bad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, tell me everything. It's it's not very good. Um so just to like talk about the game mechanically, uh basically you have a team of of I'm gonna say heroes, because why not? Uh and you're basically just holding down you can play the whole game with one hand, which I love that Nintendo is so devoted to allowing you to play games with one hand, it makes me very happy. Even though you can't play it on the subway because it has to be connected to the internet at all times. You gotta fix that, Nintendo, because it's driving me crazy. But basically you swipe around on the screen and you and your heroes will follow wherever you're swiping. Uh, uh-huh. And enemies will spawn in kind of Final Fantasy-esque, uh, but more like Final Fantasy 15 or Kingdom Hearts, where they just kind of spawn in and then you tap on them to attack them. And you have a bunch of special skills that you can use that have cooldowns. Um, if you attack things enough, you unlock a form where your main character can turn into a dragon and then you uh. can uh, unlock a whole new suite of attacks and all your attacks are stronger. Um, so you do that. You basically just like go through level after level wiping out enemies, collecting treasure chests. There's a boss at the end of every level that you beat up and then you're out uh, and you collect a bunch of in-game currencies that you can then use to unlock more heroes or other things uh, such as, this was where it got its hooks into me for real. There is a like castle building and like town building mechanic that is very much like any classic idol game you've ever played before. Um, this is not a thing that I've talked about much on this podcast, but is a thing that I think we should dive into at some point. But my favorite kind of mobile game is the worst kind of mobile game, which is just like idle clicker games like Cookie Clicker, but worse. Love them. <laughs> I have like 10 of them on my phone at any given time because it's like the only 
thing that I can do like on the subway uh, very easily. But anyway, it has this town building thing, kind of like Super Mario Run, where you're building up the Mushroom Kingdom, where you can basically place little things that will generate currencies for you and you can come back and check in on them every once in a while. So why am I playing this bad game? The reason is the world outside that we all live in, reality currently, is a horrific trash fire. And something about Dracalia Lost being so detached from reality, it is, <laughs> it is the most like optimistic, like anime-ass thing I have ever played. It leans into every single trope you could possibly imagine. Like, you're, you're, uh, the person that narrates the game is like a small pink-haired fairy girl. Uh, I mean, like I said, you're turning into a dragon. Uh, all of the characters are just like straight archetypes with no interesting arcs or anything. They all start where they end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Put that on my tombstone. Steven, he started, <laughs> he started where, he ended. where he ended. He um, knew his archetype. It is so, so far removed from any sensible design that it creates this like oasis of comfort that I just like need in my life right now. <laughs> it is like all of the music and I played you some of the music earlier, but like all the music is for some reason really, really good. Yeah, the music was great. Which, which keeps me, me around and, and is weirdly my incentive for opening the app every day. But like I am having the best time playing this bad game. Um, I think because I need it at this exact moment, if that makes sense. Mm, no, um, it makes total sense. So what I wanted to talk to you about less is like Dragali Lost specifically, uh, because there's not much to say about it, to be completely honest. As much as I am playing it, um, I'm not, not sure if I recommend it to people. But I, what I wanted to talk to you about is like, are there games that you have played in the past that were just like comfort games for you? Like, is there a game that you were like, I put a hundred hours into this because I needed it at this moment? Yeah, that's a really interesting point. And as we talk about, you know, coming off of Spider-Man where we were saying how this is a game that could champion the idea of games being their own medium, games being art. And every medium has their like, I don't like the term guilty pleasure because I don't think you should ever be criticized for liking the things you like. Yeah. And, you know, like, I think everything should be judged by what it itself is trying to do. Agreed. Like you said, it sounds like this game is doing that thing. If it's falling into whatever it's falling into. Yeah. 100%. And I want to be very um, clear that I am really enjoying this game, even though I recognize that that's it is I was mostly on, built up I was up on the edge of my flaws. seat. Because you were like, it's bad, but you were like smiling and enjoying talking about it. like, what is happening? Where is this? <laughs> Where are we? Yeah. There are definitely games that I have put a lot of time into that I don't necessarily think are like necessarily well made. Um, one of them I played a lot in high school and a little bit in college is this horrible wrestling game for the PS2 Whoa! called WWF. Yeah, that's where we are in time. It's not even <laughs> WWE yet. Yeah. WWF Just Bring It. Whoa, I haven't um, even heard of this one. It is kind of like in the oblivion realm of Uncanny Valley off-putting graphics, <laughs> and uh, the game doesn't really make much sense. They're, the buttons don't really do what you want them to do, and like it's just a mess. Um, I don't even really like wrestling that much, to be honest. Like, Ooh. I don't dislike it. I'm looking at some screenshots. Oh, my goodness. 
<laughs> I have friends really into wrestling and I like watching it with them, but I don't really follow it at all. Yeah. But I especially didn't like wrestling in, you know, in that period of my life. I didn't really know anything about it. Right. Um, so, uh, but I loved the ability to make my own wrestler and that every wrestling game since that game has given you an absurd amount of creativity mm-hmm. to the point where you can make things beyond you felt the limit of your imagination was. Yeah. Um, I made so many great wrestlers and, uh, what the, what the game gave me that I stayed for was that most of the single player experience was about the career of your wrestler. Mm. So like you would, uh, get belts and you could either defend your title as like, you know, uh, you could defend the belt for whatever category you want it for. Yeah. Or you could, uh, you could try for a new one. Um, and there would just be drama along the way that was random each time. And it's just <laughs> a mess. Like, I don't think I can play it now, but I played that game a lot and I, it made me laugh more than anything else. That's a game where I feel like that was almost the inverse where like at that time in my life, uh, things were a lot more low key. Mm-hmm. So I was like, give me a nightmarish experience. That's outside of everything I like. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, uh, I really was into the super monkey ball series, especially mm. the one on the, the super monkey ball on the Wii banana blitz. Yeah. Um, really into that one. That's actually a good game though. I think the only game that, is like I know is bad that I enjoyed was just bring it, but that's on a very like dynamic nightmare prism level that I can't quite distinguish. Yeah, I don't um, even mean like the game has to be bad, but you enjoyed it. I I mean more like just for example, I went through a weird breakup a couple of years ago and ended up getting Final Fantasy fifteen the same week, uh, and just like spent a lot of time playing final fantasy 15 like doing Mm. all the side missions and not playing the main story and i still really haven't played the main story i just did like essentially what was monster hunter inside final fantasy uh where like you could just go up to a wall and there's like a board of of you because you haven't played final fantasy 15 right yeah i have it but i know i know like what it involves yeah yeah Yeah. there's like a bounty board where it's like go find these monsters and i just did that for like ever and it was just like such a nice thing to come home from work and just like go hunt monsters with this like really strange combat and th- this like okay. boy band like driving around trying to find now, <laughs> monsters. Now I know where you're at. Forget I said anything about just bring it. Here's my comfort thing. There was a while where in college I also had just gone through like a, a shitty personal event. Um, and I spent a lot of time playing Mario Golf on Nintendo 64, but specifically with music I liked instead of that soundtrack. So mm. I have a very strange association of My Bloody Valentine with Mario Golf 64. Wow. Uh, and like that experience was like going back to a game that I that was like familiar that I knew I liked with like my own music was a very like uh, comforting experience. That yeah. Makes sense. Um, that sounds really strange out of context. But, you know, if we're digging into the kind of guilty pleasure, like strange appreciation of games outside yeah. of their intention, um, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. I also, um, I, it reminds me weirdly of, of just bring it, but I also played, um, <laughs> N- NBA. <laughs> what? <laughs> Never in my wildest dreams have, did I anticipate a moment on this show <laughs> where either of us would say, speaking of just bring it. <laughs> Never um, in my life have I, have I thought that. Do you know anyway. anything about what happened with NBA 2K16? 
No, tell me everything. So NBA 2K16 was a very special video game, and I really enjoyed playing it. Um, I am not a person who buys the NBA games. I don't even really watch basketball too often. Um, if there is one sport that I'm going to watch, sometimes it's basketball. But I have never gotten to the point where it's like, I would like to purchase a basketball <laughs> video game. Right, but I bought right. 2K16 because Spike Lee wrote and directed the story mode. Oh, awesome. For that one. And I was like, I need to see what monstrosity has been appended. Because, like, you know that it can't be, like, a Spike Lee movie. You know what I mean? Like, right, it's not going right. to be on that level. It's going to be, like, something really bizarre. So you create a character, <laughs> and you are not allowed to choose a name for that character. That character's name is Frequency Vibrations. Okay. <laughs> and, and everybody refers to him as Freak. Um, and the story is about you being incredible at basketball and getting better and better and better and moving your way up from like, you know, playing on uh, the courts in the neighborhood where you grow up all the way up to the NBA and like everything in between. Um, and it's about you accumulating wealth and becoming more famous and your friends becoming faker and faker and faker and people starting to like pin horrible shit on you. Wow. Um, and it's like this really interesting story about your real friends not forgetting where you came from everything under the sun that you could imagine would be involved in that kind of story is in that story. And it is fascinating and really yeah. bizarre. Um, wow. And it's just hilarious that in between these like very intense cutscenes, you're just like playing basketball. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is fascinating. Yeah. It's very interesting, but it reminds me weirdly of, of, <laughs> of just, just bring it. it. Um, the best thing about oh, yeah. just bring it is whenever you, whenever you go to save or load and just bring it, a voice goes caution, and you see like a bar loading. It it was one of the first PS2 games, and you mm. you can tell. Yeah, it's like borderline PS1. Yeah, um, or PSX as they call it online. <laughs> it's uh, always the best. Just awful, but I yeah. play a lot of it. Mm. But yeah, at this moment in time, Dragalia Lost is like such a wonderful game for me. It's um, your just bring it. It's my just bring it. You know, <laughs> on, on my train into and out of the city every day, I load in, I listen to that sick soundtrack, and I just swipe my finger around. Oh, there's also co-op, and there's also like a bunch of like weird friend mechanics, which are fun. Um, I don't know, man. It's like, it's so okay, and that's exactly what I need from a game right now. Yeah, I get that. I feel that way sometimes with, to a lesser degree, but with some of the, um, like, I have Hyrule Warriors, and that's a game that, like, yeah, I think it's actually pretty, like, it's just strategic enough that, like, you have to, like, use your brain a bit, but it is, like, a fun, just, like, turn off your brain game. Yeah, um, I completely like, I'm a big that. enough Zelda fan that I could just play as Darunia and knock a bunch of goblins around. Yeah, it's amazing. that is the same reason I bought that game, was, like, this is comfort food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's probably a better example. I should have led with that and not just bring it. No, I think just bring it's perfect. <laughs> just the way it is. Just bring, just bring oh it. Oh my god. Also, the bonus features. Talk about good <laughs> bonus features you can unlock and just bring it. Uh, there are two commercials for just bring it that you can uh -oh. watch on your PS2. Oh, wow. And then you can unlock the, the making of both commercials. Oh, it that's very so, good. It is so weird. The one with Kurt Angle, he's like, yeah, you know, like, this is the best commercial ever made. Like, people are going to love it. It's oh my God. like, what am I watching on my PS2? <laughs> Why am I watching something on my PS2? 
This is um. Here's how we connect this all together. But yeah. Here, uh, did you ever play Spider Man Two? Sorry, just kidding. Did you ever play Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two? Oh yeah. Where you could unlock Spider Man as a playable character. Hell yes. And then if you, I forget. I think there was like some kind of thing you had to do <laughs> as Spider Man in game, and then you unlocked like every skater in that in that game had it had their own like skate video that you could unlock. And there was one for Spider-Man where it was literally a person dressed as Spider-Man skating around New York City. I uh, love that so much. It's amazing. Yeah. Bless you, Neversoft. I don't know where you are now. Yeah. Tony Hawk was great. Well. Well. I'm glad you found something that gives you comfort. Yeah. Like that. On that level. Um, I, I've, I've been, I've always been like. I've always been like on the fence of getting a mobile game. Like I never really mm. have dived too deep into it. Uh, I'm not sure why. I still haven't like gotten used to like the idea of using my phone in that way. Um, yeah. I play Pokemon Go like everyone, and that's about it. Oh, I played a game very briefly um, called Plant Nanny because uh, my friend had it, and it was like a game that encouraged you to drink water more. And it's like Neopets Good. level. Uh, you just have weird plants that will grow up, but I cheated and looked up what all the plants become, and I was like, I'm not into any of this. And I <laughs> that, so, um, I do, I do. I mean, we could talk about mobile games some other time if you want, but I do have a lot of mobile games that I cycle through. Um, I was gonna get when I, you got Dragalia really Lost. I was like, eh, I might skip that, but I was gonna get uh one of the like. There's a Final Fantasy Dissidia mobile game where mm. it's not the fighting game, but it's like a more Final Fantasy style turn-based combat game starring like everyone from every game. Awesome. And I was like, even if this is not great, I'm gonna love it. Like, yeah. You, you know, this is this is sort of that level of, you know what? This is just, this is just fun. This is just yeah. what I want right now. Yeah, that's not kind everything... of Final Fantasy. Uh, sorry, not uh, fi- <laughs> Fire Emblem Heroes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, not every game is gonna the same way. Not every TV show is gonna be like you know breaking bad or uh or twin peaks not every game is going to be last of us or uh yeah not every game is going to be just bring it not every game can be just bring it thank if there's one thing that you can take away from this episode (laughs) of the podcast it's that not every game can be just bring it (laughs) i don't even know when i got i feel like i just had it one day i found it like under the couch same day you found comic zone yeah, I feel like a friend brought it over and then I never gave it back. That was yeah. kind of the scenario. That's, That's like it follows. Level. It's like you're you're given <laughs> just bring it and then you it have follows. to pass it along to someone else. Just follow. Um, <laughs> That's probably a good notes wrap up. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, it seems like you and I have drained our brains of any coherent. Yeah, thoughts. The, the last hour was just nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the good news is that fall is here. Spider-Man is here. Um, Spider-Man takes place in the fall, which is lovely. I was actually wondering that because I know Central Park was all autumnal and I was like, is that a purposeful static fall or is this game change with the season? Could you imagine if it hit winter and that game changed to winter? I would lose my mind. I I know that that can't be the case because it probably did fall because like there's a very orange hue to everything. Yeah, kind of goes. There are story missions that take place like in Halloween. Oh, cool. All right. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, thank you so much to everyone who listened to the podcast this week. If you made it all the way here, I just want to remind you, just bring it every week. Um, and yeah. Hey, just bring it. Just bring it. So, uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, it means a lot that a lot of people have reached out, say how much they like the show. If you yeah. like the show, writing a review on iTunes is the best way to directly help. You certainly don't have to. Listening is already huge, but if you like it, that's the best way to like help the show get a bigger audience or sharing it. Um, that's actually probably even better. Yeah. Tell Anything your friends else? about it. Tell your friends about it. Yeah. Uh, and then we can all bring it together. We can all bring it simultaneously bring it on everybody can jump up and down at the same time and make the entire world shift down one centimeter <laughs> That's and then works. spiral out of orbit and into the sun finally <laughs> this is a very uh nihilistic episode mm -hmm. yeah well it's that time of year you know yeah it's true fall is a celebration of things changing things dying yep the next step the veil Spinning off thin. into the sun just bring it being earth into the sun <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh thanks again you're great i hope you have an awesome week goodbye yeah same love you oh also my name is brendan bigley and you can find me on the internet at brendan bigley <laughs> love you by the way it's brendan <laughs> <laughs> and i'm stephen hilger you can find me at stephen hilger have a good one bye what's spider-man's signature goodbye does he have a like a does he have a saying Catch ya later in webs. <laughs> <laughs>